0: Welcome back to the At the Yard podcast. I am your host Les Lukacs, once again joined by Joey Cohen. Joey, we are here to discuss the second annual 2023 PBR California preseason invitational. Uh, that's all said and done now. It was been off. Sixteen quality baseball teams. Uh, you know, killer crowds out at the fields. Just all in all, a really, really good event.
1: Yeah. First of all, Les, thanks for having me on again. Um, this was the tournament we were counting down the days for. We were making our, you know, our mock tournament predictions for. I was super excited to get this going, and you know, it met all expectations for me. Besides the co-champion sprinkler gate ending, um, but besides that, the it was fantastic. Some of the top teams in the state and even the country. know got tested some high-end draft talent got tested as well um and some left with some draft juice some left with some questions i think that i think you know scouts appreciated you know that our tournament provided and it was a good way to challenge those high-end players and give those scouts a really good quality look and you know i really just love the atmosphere and the vibe as a whole i mean some of those games especially those night games you know we were talking about it you know during the tournament had that postseason type vibe to it as you could you know, really tell that some of these kids were hungry for the season to start and, you know, really wanted some high quality wins.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm glad you, you touched on it there. Um, A couple of different things, right. Where you're right. Some, some guys that were coming into this tournament with some, some draft, you know, hopefulness and some, some juice uh, for some of those guys that lemon got squeezed a little bit. And for other guys that lemon just got much more full. Right. And, um that Saturday night at at Great Park was something else man it was it was the opening night it was all three fields going in the back there um there was just a buzz through the ballpark I got a text early on Sunday morning from one of the head coaches and it just it was like man the the vibe in that in that area of the fields was just electric and and it certainly was I mean you know over a hundred pro scouts you know checked in if you will um Uh, They got their scout badges, Uh, I mean, you name it, cross-checkers, directors, area scouts, they were all there, and uh, the amount of times coaches and scouts were just kind of appreciative of of the tournament itself, at least to me, and I know to you, um, you know, that was pretty awesome to kind of get their feedback on that, because it was a really good tournament to start the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point where, you know, it wasn't just the area guys that are there, we had, you know, decision makers within these teams organizations come out to see some of the players that were in our tournament which you know was kind of a first for me sometimes you'll see a, like a you know a big cross checker you know scouting director once in a while but like seeing a bunch of those guys at these fields just circling those great park backfields and heading over to the you know stadium which we had very you know really exciting games over there as well it was really cool to see for me and um from a team perspective too um it was cool. We had a bunch of our, you know, top twenty-five ranked, you know, teams thrown in this tournament, and you know, some left, you know, with some rising after it, and some left, you know, leaving our top twenty-five. And you know, these teams, and we talked about, you know, we talked to a lot of these teams during our media days, and you now. They wanted to search for some L's. They wanted the competition, and you know, some of them they got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The you, you know, and you you pointed this out. the 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 competitions were fierce, right? I mean, sitting in that consolation bracket, third game, Aquinas Huntington Beach. I mean, dude, that was a playoff game, right? I, I mean, yes. that that was essentially a playoff game. Now we won't see it, you know, Aquinas being a D2 and Huntington being a D1, but that was a playoff caliber game. And, and I mean, you got Patanti against Velasquez twice in that matchup. And I mean, it was just, it was electric. It was freezing cold out there. Um, You know, but the play on the field was, you know, was, was pretty hot. So that, you know, without uh, further ado, let's jump into some of this, Joey, because we saw a ton, right? We we put out, obviously, our daily recaps, which you can find on our website. Um, we put out, you know, an all-tournament team uh, just yesterday, which you can find on the website. Uh, we'll touch on some of that stuff, um, you know, but individual player performances, team performances, kind of outlooks for teams, at least the 16 teams that were were in our tournament, right? I mean, we had a chance to see, you know, their first four games or at least parts of their first four games uh, and get a really good feel for these teams. So, um, you know, we, uh, like I said, we released our all-tournament team and, and a guy who won the MVP, Kyle Panganiban, out of Carr High School, Joey, I think it was after the second game uh, when they played Norco in the quarterfinals where I told you, I think this guy's the MVP. Um, then he went out against Edowanda and put on a show there. And I told you he's going to have to go over 20 and make five errors to be <laughs> in, not be MVP. This guy was lights out.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, you saw him that second game of the tournament. And then I was, you know, you sent me to the stadium for that third day and you are like, you know keep your eyes on, on Kyle and you know I did a kind of a deep look at him and like you said it was just you know both sides of the ball buttery smooth shortstop made every single play asked of him there and the bat you know it's not a loud bat but just a simple swing that just finds barrel I think he was you know he was 7 for 15 on the tournament and I think that just the cool story with Kyle was that you know entering the tournament from like a you know a watch list perspective you have you know, shortstops like Roman Martin and Cameron Kim and Patanti, which are, you know, the guys that we both probably expected were going to be, you know, show out. And then you have a guy like Kyle who's, you know, you know, see some commit kind of overlooked and he's the guy that ends up winning the MVP. So just kind of a cool story coming coming, you know, from our tournament.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the cool thing is, is that their first game Gar's first game uh, I was there at the at the field watching them, and they uh, was you know there was a scout there watching the, you know the the opponent they were playing. They've got a draft guy as well, um, and you know I'm just chatting with this scout like, hey, you know what do you got on this guy? You know I really like him, what have you? Uh, you know, he's like, you know I don't know much about him, sort of deal. And then the second game, he's the same scouts in there to see Gar's pitcher. Um, and you know, all Kyle does is make two plays defensively and, you know, hits the game winning RBI. And I was like, well, you know, you, you know about him now, right? And and sure enough, he just kind of continued that. I mean, he had a huge day against Edwanda in the, uh, in, in the semifinal, uh, just a a, outstanding player, but you're right. I mean, kind of a cool story in that. You know, not a lot of scouts knew about him coming in. Guy goes on to win MVP in this competition. Scouts all know about him, uh, you know, and essentially, uh, you know, all the momentum's on his side now.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he kind of just carried Gar. I mean, Gar was not in our top 25 to begin the season, and now they're firmly planted in, in our top 25 and should be for the rest of the season. Um, and talked about that game-winning hit in the second game. I mean, he was about, you know... Two feet away from having a tournament-winning hit in the championship game, it wasn't for you know Josiah <laughs> Hardstone diving play, but you know just an overall outstanding performance where he's earned, you know, by his performance, you know, very deserving of looks from pro scout pro scouts the remainder of the season.
0: Yeah, and it's important to note Gar went three zero and one, but they're not a one-trick pony, Joey. They're they're a really good team, and I mean other guys from Gar that that made this that made this list, Mike Lee, Angel Cortez, the catcher, uh, Mike Lee being the outfield uh, outfielder, Angel Cortez, the catcher, Noah Andrunas, the pitcher. Uh, we probably could have thrown Alba on here. Uh, we probably could have thrown Rodriguez on here. I mean, this is a really, really good team.
1: Yeah, they, I think they came in, the vibe that I got from their team was that they came in with you know something to prove they knew they were good they just didn't probably believe that like a lot of the you know us and other riders thought that you know they were as good as they knew they, how good they were and they proved it to us that tournament. So, but like you said, um, Mike Lee was a you know uncommitted twenty four, maybe my favorite un- un- uncommitted twenty four position player standout. Really good left handed swing with some bat speed and barrel accuracy there. And Junis, three, you know three appearances in the tournament, which is you know you know the most out of anyone. And he pitched really well, 15 innings, 17 strikeouts, two runs allowed. And then Cortez, like you said, you know, was the catcher for them. You know, hit solid, hit a solid 312, But it was, you know, the defense behind the plate, managing, you know, the run game, the blocking. It was, you know, he was probably the best defensive catcher that showed out in our tournament.
0: Yeah, I I would second that. I mean, top to bottom, I mean, it, he was. He was really, really good. Uh, You know, not to discredit anything Luke Schur did at the plate. Obviously, he had a big offensive output um, at the plate, at least, you know, with a few at-bats there. Um, But what Cortez did was really impressive, man. I mean... You know i think you noted gar only allowed six runs the entire tournament you know four of those came in the championship game so that ought will give you an idea of how well they played um and you know like you said he was he's you know the guy that makes the show run over there and i mean you got a video of him throwing out a guy at second which i mean that pretty much epitomizes it because that's a potential draft prospect that he's throwing out at second base who got a pretty good jump on him too or on the pitcher i should say um so i mean the defense is 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 i mean top notch when it comes to cortez and and he's a guy you know joey with you know a, a, a good offensive season i mean heck if he hits 312 all year that's going to be a guy that's going to have some consideration when we uh you know move into july
1: yeah for sure i mean catchers that are able to hit like he showed he could hit against really good competition in our tournament definitely definitely play and with the you know defensive Box being checked, kind of by us in our minds. Like if he just, you know, shows up with the bat consistently this spring, I definitely agree with you.
0: Yeah, so let, we're we're gonna bounce around a little bit here. Um, you know, the other team in the championship was uh, Olu. Olu finished at 3-0 and 1. Um, They're represented on the all-tournament team by uh, Josiah Hartshorn. You mentioned him defensively, Joey. uh, He made a couple of plays defensively that, uh, you know, were game changers, certainly. Certainly that one in the ninth in the championship game, um, you you know, that was huge. Uh, But, you know, he, I mean he also hit 385 he had five rbi you know he had had an rbi at least one rbi in every game Um, this is a guy that is certainly on the rise when you talk about 2025 uncommitted outfielders
1: yeah i mean i don't think there's many more physical 25s out there it's a big physical body with bat speed and he he really doesn't get cheated at the plate he swings you know full effort go wants to do damage which is cool to see especially from you know an orange lutheran type player where they kind of pride themselves on how they handle the bat but you have this guy this young 25 who's just yeah i'm gonna do damage at the plate so that was kind of cool to see It was kind of my first longer look at him and um it's gonna be interesting to see because he's you know gonna be on the mound later this season and from what we hear it's pretty special on the mound as well so just you know a really exciting 25 for them and you know besides Josiah like it was just consistent performances down the line for them it wasn't they didn't have a guy another guy like Josiah that kind of you know stamped their you know their, themselves on the map this tournament but you know Derek had a Derek Curiel had a really good tournament as well Then uh, Ryland and, and Casey Borba both played very solid and then on the mound I mean Nick Peterson, Ross Clark, Evan Miranda and Jordan Cole all pitched very solid for them Nick Peterson kind of you know cementing himself as the standout and committed twenty-three on this tournament, and and you know they just did what they do, play well, play clean defense, except for that those last couple of innings of the championship game like, that maybe cost them that the championship. But you know they just kind of played Olu baseball this tournament.
0: Yeah, you know it's 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 not your your typical Olu baseball team, right? It's not the team that yeah. has you know one to two you know draft picks that has you know. 150 college commits <laughs> to Power Five programs, but while they are very deep and very talented, they're they're somewhat un unproven. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up Miranda. He was he was again lights out in, in two outings. I think he went over five innings, total of five innings, maybe six uh, in his two outings. Uh, you got a chance to see Ross Clark, but you know Nick Peterson uh, following up with what he did at, in our tournament. Uh, as well as what he just did this past weekend out in Arizona in the PBR Arizona tournament, uh, you're 100 percent correct. I mean, in terms of uncommitted 23 arms, uh, you know, this is a guy that's in the upper 80s who easily projects for for more. Uh, pretty good, solid frame on him too. Uh, Brady Strom looked good in relief in that championship game, uh, throwing strikes for them, and that's a that's a good. You know that's a good sign for the for Olu as well, who I think is going to need you know everybody out of the pen and on the mound, um, you know to to support that offense. Which, like you said, you you mentioned those three guys at the top and Ryland and Curiel and and Borba, um, you know. But Richard Tejeda, the uncommitted catcher, who we've seen quite a bit of, uh, he was also you know really good for them. Uh, you got a few swings of his on video. Um, you know, and and he's playing not only catcher, but he's playing over at first base as well, and and doing a really good job. So, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna need a lot of work from a lot of guys that are, uh, you know, getting a first full taste of action. Which, you know, will be interesting to see how this plays out for them because they certainly do have the talent.
1: Yeah, quick note on, on Tejeda. I, to me, he's one of the top two, three uncommitted twenty-three catchers in my mind. Like kind of Cortez, like we mentioned earlier, he the way he kind of game manages, the way he manages the run game, it's really good catch throw, you know he he hit pretty well. I got two of his hits on video, and I believe it was the second or third game of the tournament, you know when when he barrels up a baseball, it's loud. He's very capable of producing high you know exit If he can just cut down on some of the swing and miss that you know sometimes show, shows up in some of these games, I think you know he should he's a definite guy to be looking at you know d1 type colleges in my
0: mind oh no question i mean defensively there are a few that are better than him uh no question um so let's kind of move down the line here aquinas um aquinas finished three and one in the tournament uh they uh lost to olu in the second round and then they beat huntington and then they beat norco for a fifth place finish um and, uh, we talked about that, uh, that Aquinas Huntington beach game in the third round, Joey, that was, that was, uh, electric, but I mean, you know, what coach Carpentier has built out there is really impressive because, you know, you think of Aquinas, you know, in many cases you think of Eric Patanti rightfully so, but this is a roster that is so much more than just one guy, um, because, there's talent in the junior class, in the sophomore class, in the freshman class, and then there's more talent coming. And, and Aquinas is a program that uh, is not going anywhere anytime soon.
1: No, I, I 100% agree with you. I think if they had won this tournament, if they had gone 4-0 or you know, been in that championship game, you know, Chase Davidson had a pretty good you know resume to win MVP. Uh, I mean, not uh, uh, Nathan Christman, sorry. We're going to talk about Chase Davidson later, but Nathan Christman probably had, you know, that type of resume. Two-way guy, hit 416, 5 12, you know, three RBIs, and then went, you know, got two starts on the mound, 10 innings, struck out 13. You know, the organ commit, super physical, six-three, you know, probably around 200-pound build, bat speed, power. It's just a loud, a lot of loud tools that come out, you know, from Nathan Crisman and then uh um, dude and and
0: it's it's pretty electric on the mound too like i mean there it's it's not just your you know oh here i'm a two-way guy fastball it's you know there's some movement on the fastball the the breaking ball is really good as well i mean it, this is a guy that that has some real stuff on the mound
1: yeah for sure i mean i think we both kind of walked away saying like we probably had him a bit low on our totem pole like before heading into tournament now he's like very much cemented in our minds is one of the top you know 24s in the state i mean and to touch on what you were saying on the mound it's super easy it's like super short easy mover the arm action is like super clean and it just explodes explodes out of his hand in the low 90s it kind of sits in the high 80s but you know in the early innings he'll be 91 92 and then um you know chase davidson was another guy where he kind of you know now is cemented in our minds as one of the top 25s to watch out for on commit 25s because his, you know, five for 11 at the plate hitting 4 450, 454 and against some of the really, you know, top teams in the state, they, Aquinas played, every team they played I felt like was a top team. Um, and it was, you know, a pretty short, simple swing, kind of just throws the barrel at the ball, but it's with a ton of accuracy. And the approach to me was standout where he just isn't afraid to just poke one over to right field for a hit, you know, kind of takes whatever he can get. And then you know the athleticism that he showed in outfield, w- was standout as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely a, a big name to know moving forward. Of the four opponents Aquinas faced, three of them uh, were in the top 18 in the Power 25. Uh, and yeah. They went two and they went two and one in those games. So, gives you an idea how good this team is. And and like you, I'm I'm, I was fired up when 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 Davidson, you know, we made the decision on Davidson for the outfield because, uh, dude, I, I really like this guy, man, and, and, you know, the at-bat that he had to, with the game-winning RBI there uh, against Huntington Beach was, was something else. It, that was a a special at-bat. I mean, he just went the other way with a pitch away and just kind of, you know, like you said, dumped it into right field, but he has the ability with some pull-side juice a little bit, you know, and, and, and he can go to the gap to the gap and, you know defensively the arm works and uh this is a guy i mean i think they have him listed at like five nine or something five nine, one seventy, one sixty five. 170 165 but this is a guy that uh you know if you have nine of these guys on your roster on your in your lineup you're going to win a lot of games
1: yeah for sure just kind of screams gamer in my yeah. mind um yeah. and then quick highlight of you know joshua torres over there yep and i see through you know pretty well for them i got to see him against um Loyola in that first game and he was dominant five shutout in innings just another you know really good arm for them now they're three four deep on the mound which is you know when you're talking about postseason southern section baseball that's kind of all you need and all those arms are very very talented
0: yeah yeah they're they're gonna they're gonna be a really tough team to beat in division two and um when we get into you know early may here in socal but uh Let's hop over to Corona. Corona, you know, represented on the all-tournament team by uh, Ethan Schieffelbein as a two-way player. Uh, Chief, you know, famously threw out the very first pitch of the first game of the tournament. Um, I was at that game, and he looked pretty sharp, man. He threw two innings in that first first outing, came back his next outing, threw three innings. Uh, no hits, a walk. You know, it was 87, 80, 88, touched 89 several times, but... It's the curveball, man, and, and it's the feel on the changeup that has just really improved um, and really elevated, you know, Sheaf in my book. Um, you know, lefty committed to UCLA. Uh, Joey, I know you, you got to see him swing the bat, which he did, you know, pretty well. He hit three for, 333. Um, you know, but uh, as, as a, as a left handed pitcher into the low 90s that can also hit, and we've seen it hit with some power. Uh, you know Schieffelbein is, is one of the most intriguing 24s in the state
1: yeah I mean in terms of you know we haven't had a lot of you know top end left-handed pitchers of late at least you know he's going to be one of those guys next year that is going to be very high in draft conversations and kind of makes me excited because seeing him kind of carve up a lot of the top end guys in this class was really cool to see I mean The stuff and delivery on the mound is just so easy. It's like he's sleeping out there. (laughs) It's like it's just super easy arm speed, super controlled down the mound and you mentioned the curveball. I mean he just flips that over for a strike at any time. Anytime he wants to throw that curveball for a strike, he can do it. And the changeup going off that fastball, it produces, you know, a lot of chase and swing and miss as well. And then, you know, he just sits in the middle of the order for for third yeah, for, yeah. for a lo-
0: for a loaded for a loaded offense. He's loaded like the offense. third or you know bats three or four, and it's like, dude, here you go. Here's our pitcher, but he's so much more than that. I mean, he's super competitive too, right? Which is which is obviously um, a big factor. But just watching him work with with Springer behind the dish is impressive, right? I and, and you know Springer to me is is one of if not, you know, the the best catchers certainly in SoCal if not the entire state. Um I mean he's just so cerebral. We saw him at the media day, we obviously saw him before and after games at our tournament, but uh, he's so much more physical this year than he was last year and it's just it's so impressive to me to watch those two guys work together. It's almost as though you Know they've come up doing it and been doing it forever. Uh, you're really starting to see, you know, the fruits of that, right? Uh, because I think there was, there was, you know, more than one time where where Schieffelbein, you know, shook him off and went with another pitch. And, uh, you know, then you know, Springer would go out and talk to him. And it's just, it was, it was a really cool connection to see. And, and Springer, you know, his own right, uh, is a fantastic player there for Corona.
1: Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up because it seems like not just with Schieffelbein, but with what. With... Springer has, in terms of chemistry with his entire staff, was standout. I mean, Sam Burgess threw a six shutout inning performance against Huntington Beach, which is important to highlight. I mean, he was dominant in that outing for himself. And then again,
0: really good. And then again, really good in the uh, third place game.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. And in relief. So, but that chemistry that you mentioned with with Springer and Chief was there with Burgess as well, and was also there with Jake Skelski as well when, when yep. you know who had some big time relief outings against Huntington Beach and Etiwanda. So, you know, mentioning that was really important. I feel like, and I was happy you mentioned that because Springer is a catcher in every, you know, meaning of that word, what, it mean, what, being, what being a catcher is. So that's, that's very important to bring up. And then another guy to kind of highlight for Corona, Anthony Murphy is kind of, you know, he, you know, Andy Wise over there has kind of just thrown him into the fire and it's like, all right, do your thing. You yeah. Lead off for Corona as a freshman. And, you know, it's not that much of a surprise to me and you because we've seen a lot of Murph and you know he's shown us you know how talented he is but it's kind of cool to see him compete against some of these top end teams already.
0: Oh, dude, he smoked a huge two out triple against Edwanda in that third place game and I was like, "Oh, dude, like all right, Murph, like Murph came to play and uh, you know, he had a really good tournament for them. Sure there's going to be, you know, growing pains and learning curves and all that, but what what really stood out to me was not so much what he did offensively or defensively but the way he competed on the mound when they asked him to pitch um you know that told me a lot about who he is and about what he's got inside him because uh you know it wasn't he, he's not overpowering he's not going to overmatch a lot of guys uh, but just the way he competed on the mound was uh was really something impressive
1: yeah it's just it's kind of funny because i had two Pro scouts come up to me and, and be like, who's who's the that outfielder out there? That that that, that, out, that like who is that? Like we don't know who that is. So I was like, that's Anthony Murphy. He's like, oh, junior, senior? Nope, <laughs> freshman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's kind it's kind of cool because you know he's obviously a super advanced you know physical specimen in his own right, but the the skill being there as well is really rare rare to see where the the advanced athleticism meets some advanced skill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Harvard Westlake was represented on the all-tournament team by Tommy Bridges. Uh, you know, we both saw him. I saw him the first night. You saw him the second night. And you know, it, I mean, I, I I don't know, dude. Like uh, we've we've said it time and again. Tommy being Tommy. I, I mean, yeah. dude, it's 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 absurd. Like it, it's it's just it's crazy to think of how. Good, how good this guy is, and, and how good he's going to be, but more importantly, how like you can go into a game with a high school junior and just know what you're going to get, <laughs> and it's been like that for almost two full years. Like it's insane to me. This guy's crazy. He's a machine.
1: <laughs> he's a machine. That's like, a machine. Like, you know, you make some jokes about how kind of intense he gets on start days, how how locked in he is is a competitive animal it's his competitive spirit is kind of unmatched in terms of pitchers that I have seen you know since I've been working with PBR and it's just super impressive I mean he it, the command that he has at three pitches the fastballs into the upper 80s now consistently the curveball to the right-handed hitters produces swing and miss the change it to the left-handed hitters produces swing and miss the easiness of the delivery it's a clean smooth operation that you know has just consistently gone better and better and he shows improvements each time out i mean he, he shut out you know he had three shutout innings against a really good foothill team that went three and one then he he shut down for five innings a really good Ayala team that went two and two and like you know the way he just goes about his outing it's methodical it's competitive it's it's it's, I don't know when he's going to give up the rent. <laughs> so I don't know when he's well, gonna give it's, it's
0: just, it, it's funny. Right. And, and Oh, by the way, he did it all the first night with 101 degree fever, but That's right. he, that he had er, er, earlier in that morning. Um, but you know, it, it's funny cause I was joking with him before his second outing and you know, I said, Hey, like he was just kinda of standing there talking to one of his teammates and I walked by and he said hi and we're just chatting. I'm like, Hey, is it like is it okay to talk to you? Like is there enough time before you gotta lock in? Because you know, I can't I can't be near you when you're locked in, you know, and we just kinda of had a good chuckle about that. But dude, I mean it's just it it it's just more of the same, right? It's it's just the guy is really really, really good. And I could care less about how big he is. I could care less about how small he is. I could care less about how hard he throws or how soft he throws. The guy throws strikes with three pitches and I would put money on it when I say in terms of pitchers and knowing how to pitch and pitchability and just being a pitcher, not, you know, not guys that throw hard, like this guy's top two or three pitcher, in, in that 24 class in my book, because if there's a game that I want to, that I need to win, like I can't think of another guy I would want on the mound than that guy.
1: A hundred percent agree. And to, you know, to highlight some other guys that are on the Huntington beach team, Harvard um, Westlake. I mean, my bad, Harvard Westlake, uh, Bryce Rainer, you know, Bryce Rainer did Bryce Rainer things, three yeah. shutout innings on the mound. Fastball was up to 93. Tons of loud barrels throughout the tournament. I mean, number one player in the country. He just, you know, showed that, you know, with ease throughout our tournament. Yeah. You no, know, Holden Rath was, you know, one of the senior arms. want to kind of highlight him a bit. You know, pitched mm-hmm. some big relief innings for them. Shut out, you know, closed out two games for them that they ended up winning. And then, you know, James Tronstein. I mean, kind of like, you know, Murph that we mentioned before. Just, you know, advanced athleticism with advanced skill. I mean some really big clutch time hits for him, for 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 Harvard Westlake by him showing some you know real maturity and poise for his for his age. Yeah, he
0: Trani, Trani is good and and Weinbach had a good 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 tournament for them as well. Um Etiwanda, Etiwanda had gosh, three guys represented on the all tournament team, uh Brady Ebel, Trey Ebel, uh Brady at 25, Trey at 26, Brady a shortstop, Trey a second baseman. Uh, and then 2023, Dylan Goff, whose first outing against Servite I watched, uh, he went something like five innings, uh, was really good, man. I mean, the, I mean, the Servite five and two thirds, two hits, eleven Ks, was up to 88. Um, you know, he, he struck out four in a row twice. Um, he was he was as good a pitcher as we probably had in the tournament and that outing. Uh, and then obviously the evil brothers, what those guys can do offensively, Joey is pretty uncommon. Um, you know, I'll let you jump into those guys, but uh, touch on golf for a minute. Cause I know you saw him a little bit as well in his second outing.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the first time I ever saw him, I think it's important to mention. I saw him in the championship game, the D two championship game last year where I had not known about him before. And, it was similar to what he just showed in our tournament, which was, you know, advanced feel for three pitches, you know, upper 80s fastball. And like, you know, um, Sheffield that I mentioned earlier can just th- mix in that curveball for a strike, flip it in there whenever he he wants. Whenever he wants, he can get that curveball for, for a strike. And then, you know, the changeup in the, in the upper 70s is a quality, you know, downward fading changeup that, you know, like runs away from left handed hitters and is really effective um, in its own right. And then, you know, talking about the Evil Brothers, like, it's just insane it's I don't know of a you know better two you know uncommitted just hitters they just find barrels all the time I mean you I think you saw the evil brothers a bit more than I did but and, and and I think I saw them for complete you know a complete one game look at both of them and it's just natural rhythm and barrel awareness that and they spread it to all fields I mean obviously they got some MLB bloodlines there but it's just advanced, advanced hitting ability that you just, it's very rare to see from, you know, underclass kids like them.
0: Yeah. I took in probably combined between the two of them, probably 25 at bats uh, over the course of the tournament. Um, You know, one day they were a combined eight for nine in that game against, what was that? The quarterfinal game. Uh, against Foothill. They were eight for nine combined. And, you know, obviously I was on that game. But, dude, Joey, the thing that they don't do is uh, you don't see them do is they don't foul a lot of balls off or they don't hit a lot of balls foul, if that makes sense. Um, you know, they obviously they foul balls back, but you don't see them hit a, a lot of balls foul um, and you don't see them miss the barrel. Like, They're on time. They're- everything is a barrel. Every single thing is a barrel. Like when Trey went up there the first game and I saw him, I was like, okay, well he's he's a lot smaller than I than I than I remembered. Um, you know, and then, you know, I think it was the third pitch of the first game that he saw, you know, boom, barrel into right center field for a double. And I was kinda like, Well, who cares? You know, I mean, like it was just it was that impressive. And then they kept that going and I mean those guys I mean obviously you mentioned the bloodlines but dude those guys ceilings as hitters all, uh, is off the charts man um you know and they very clearly already have attentions of pro scouts um and those guys are are just something else when it when it comes to hitters dude I mean because it's about a special um a, a pair of hitters and you know sophomores and freshmen that I can remember I mean Brady Ebel as a sophomore is as good a hitter, um, you know, as, as I can remember, you know, in a long, long time. I mean, now, is he a shortstop? I don't, I don't know that he's a shortstop. Um, they're playing short and second right now. Um, you know, he he had some good plays at short. He had some not-so-good plays at short. But uh, you can throw all that out the window because that bat is going to be uh, very, very productive for a long, long time. Both of those bats.
1: Yeah, I think... Something that you alluded to that was good that my mind was kind of, like, trying to get out was, like, they just have an innate timing. They have that good, you know, timing consistently. Like, they're always on time with the barrel out front ready to hit. And I remember one tweet that you put out where I was, like, it was a Trey Ebo tweet. I was, like, oh, I better watch this. And then it was one of his barrels up the middle. I was, like, oh, that was off Harbor. (laughs) That was off Harbor from Foothill who's, you know, into the low nines. I'm, like, oh oh, this, this, this freshman can, you know, with ease, barrel up low-90s fastball. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: Like, that, that's, what, that's what was insane to me. It's like, I mean, look, Foothill staff is quality, right? It's, it's really, really good. And, and those two guys went eight for nine against a, a quality Foothill staff. Like, I mean, granted, Parker didn't throw. He threw the night before or the game before. But, but still, they did some damage against what is a really good pitching staff.
1: For sure, and um, I don't want to – like, they went 2-2 two two in our tournament. Like, they could have – you know, if um, Hueso had, you know, some better at-bats, if, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of their other big-time hitters in that lineup had some better at-bats, they could have easily won this tournament. I think they're fully capable. They're in Division One now, I believe. They won the D2 last year, so I, I think they moved to Division One. Um, you can correct me or not, but they're fully capable with the arms that they have to, to make a very deep run you know come may
0: yeah no question no, no question they certainly have a potent offense for sure their offense kind of it 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 kind of hit the pump the brakes a little bit on them um uh, against gar um uh, in, in that semi-final um but they uh um you know they, they they're a really good team and and they're built i think for the next few years um you know, because they have more than just uh, just golf on the mound. So, uh, you know, that, that's a good program there. Uh, another good program with a pair of representatives on the all-tournament team is Cypress. Um, can't say enough about Coach Weber's program over there. Let's start with the junior outfielder, Joey, who uh, very few people knew anything about prior to this tournament. Uh, all he did was slash 545-583-1.220. Um, you know, five singles and a double, a walk, an RBI, a run scored, uh, no strikeouts. I mean, this guy had a heck of a tournament, dude. Bradley Parsonage, the junior outfielder for Cyprus.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Cyprus probably didn't, you know, a lot of their bigger name bats didn't, you know, show up into like, you know, to carry them. So Bradley kind of stepped in and did his thing. I mean, he, he kind of proved himself against some really good competition um and he's a guy that you know got caught our attention in terms of an uncommitted player that we should probably look at more and highlight more to get some more looks because he he definitely deserved it after his um performance in our tournament and then you know the two guys that kind of stepped up for them that needed to step up for them to to win those games was you know abri kovarubias you know obviously senior usc shortstop that we talked about a bit you know usc four-year starter buttery smooth shortstop simple compact swing at the Play. is it kind of like their table center at the top of the lineup for them you know hit solid 308 on the tournament but it was just you know holding down the position at shortstop that kind of you know sh- like showed us that he'll, he'll be able to handle himself at the next level at the shortstop position and then nick montgomery is the other player that made our all-tournament team who i think you probably agree with me there's not a probably a more physical 24 bat that we saw in our tournament um big time bat speed big time power hit five forty five on the tournament with three singles, two doubles and a triple. I mean he saved the final his, his final you know, they had the tournament he went three for four against a really a pretty good Loyola team with, you know, spreading the ball to all field, so
0: Yeah, uh, between between A between Abe and and Montgomery, I think we got um, you know, two of the three that we anticipated would have big tournaments. Um, you know, for 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 Cyprus, you know, Parsonage yeah. being the third who did um but i mean Kova rubius you're you're right i mean defensively he's he's just incredibly strong defensively um you know he, he's a quiet leader on that team uh you know maybe they they would like a little more volume out of him but you know he's always been kind of this quiet leader uh for them and and you know hey he hit over 300 in the tournament against those arms that's a that's a pretty good go at it you know um for sure and then Montgomery, man, that guy just continues to impress. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a middle-of-the-order bat now. He's a middle-of-the-order bat at the next level, and he's a middle-of-the-order bat beyond that um, because this guy's power and ability to hit to all fields is is exceptional. I, I mean, it, it really is, and he moves really well. Um, he moves really, really well around first base. Uh, you know, he caught some early in his career there at Cypress. Uh, So he's pretty athletic for a big first baseman. But you're right. I I don't think there is a a bigger physical um, power bat in the 24 class um, than Montgomery.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was kind of like my first, you know, deep dive look at Nick. And I was super impressed. I mean, just the way he spread the ball around the field. And I mentioned in one of my tweets I put out on him where there's you know, there's a, an approach there, an advanced approach, where he kind of shortens up with two strikes. He's able to spoil pitches that he doesn't like with ease. And then, you know, he just isn't afraid to take what the hitter, what the pitchers give him in terms of, you know, if they're going to stick with breaking ball away, like, I'll just poke one over to the right side and, do and, you know, give my team a team at bat. And if you leave a fastball middle in, like, I'm going to do damage. So there's, you know, obviously the physicalness of the bat, but it's an advanced approach and an, an advanced bat there.
0: Yeah, and, and another guy that's showing some advanced tools at the plate. He uh, also made the all tournament team. Johnny Rodriguez at a Servite, the first baseman, Long Beach State commit. Uh, you know, he's just always been able to hit, Joey. But we've been so impressed with his physicality uh, since he showed up at our pro case last summer. And, and you know, all he did was hit 400. Had was over 500 OBP for Servite. Uh, you know, they started 0 and 2, and they battled back and finished 2 and 2. So. You know, good out, good performance by, by Rodriguez there um, for Servite as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it before, and we, and we talked about it at the media day, how much the body has gone in shape and how physical it's gotten. And I think I've talked to you a bunch about how real I think the bat could be. I mean, we like you said, he was at our pro case last summer, which, you know, we finally got some data on the bat. And in terms of, you know, bat speed and exit velos, it doesn't, get much better in the class in terms of the data that we have in our system than than Johnny so and he showed that obviously with you know several extra bases in our tournament and they needed him to do that I mean you know, to be you know frank with you like Roman struggled Roman Martin struggled a bit in this tournament and they and when he struggles they need Roman I mean they need Johnny to step up like Johnny needs to be that guy for them when one of them isn't doing what they need to do and he stepped up and was a big part of uh, you know survive getting those two wins
0: yeah, Miles Scott also had a, a really good tournament for for Servite, the sophomore there, outfielder, uh, also pitched for them. Uh, he, he's going to be a fun player to follow there. Uh, Panda is coming along nicely. Jaden Liu, uh, the twenty-six catcher, uh, he'll be a name to know uh, here in a year or so. Uh, Servite, you know, they like I said, man, they showed a lot of moxie coming back from being, you know, oh and two to battling back for two wins and you know that was a little bit of a surprise but one of the bigger surprises i think um was the overall performance from huntington beach uh you know obviously we had them number two in the state coming into this tournament uh they went one and three uh in what was a little bit of a surprise to everyone uh ralph velasquez did make the all tournament team uh, he had a really strong performance with the bat uh also though joey most importantly uh, he caught in three of the four games, which is, you know, at this point, kind of one of the big question marks as it pertains to Ralph and the draft. Is you know, can can he catch full time? Uh, and I think he's doing a really good job of answering that question with a resounding yes.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to mention how you know special the bat has been. I think he's he entered the tournament quite possibly the you know hottest here in the country with what he was doing in the winter in the early you know preseason spring and then in the tournament you know he only hit 308 but all of his outs i feel like were loud barrels so that's how he kind of made his way onto this tournament team then he had the the loudest barrel of the entire tournament with the home run that probably cleared the right field fence by like 30 40 feet probably went 400 plus feet and you know the power obviously that's been the thing with him if he continues to hit with the power that he has shown should elevate him even more and then like you just mentioned the the fact that he started three of the four games where the catching ability was not, you know, there wasn't a problem with his catching this tournament. It wasn't like he let a you know, bunch of balls through and couldn't block. It wasn't like other teams were taking advantage of the run game. The arm has always been strong and, you know, the exchange and the quickness with the feet have kind of stepped up as well where, you know, teams are wary of his, you know, his ability back there. So if he continues to show that, he has to continue to show that. It's not like this tournament was enough. Like he's going to have to continue to show that he can manage himself back there. And if he does and do what he's consistently done with the bat, you know, there's been conversations of, you know, first round, second round talk with him, which I think is fully, you know, deserving.
0: Yeah. I think he certainly cemented himself as the premier hitter in this class and in, in, in Southern California in California. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly um uh, you know, the bat is is just special. And, and, you know, he's not the only guy that had a really good uh, tournament for them. Carson Lane was really good on the mound for Huntington Beach in two outings. Um, I mean, the UNLV commit is obviously their ace this year. It was really good. You took in a strong outing from uh, Nathan Aceves, um, you know, uh, Brian Trujillo, um, had a had a decent tournament for them as well. Um, uh, Bradley Navarro had a decent tournament. Trent Grinliger, the catcher, had a pretty decent tournament for them. Uh, but Huntington Beach, certainly cupboard is not bare at all for Huntington Beach as, as they move, move forward. And, um, you know, another player who was on the all-tournament team here at Redondo, Tomas Lopez, another pro case guy for us. Um, this guy, Joey, uh, has the look of a pitcher who's going to go to Columbia in the Ivy League, uh, be a two-year All League type guy, probably get drafted somewhere in the seventh to tenth round, and potentially have a ten-year big league career. Because <laughs> he's he's just he's that smart, he works that hard, he's that focused and that driven, um, and and I think he couldn't be going to a better place for him than Columbia.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's probably the most underrated arm in terms – like, he's not underrated to us because we've seen it a bunch now, at least in the past year. But to, like, the pro scouting community, he's probably one of the most underrated arms, like, in the state. And he had to start against Orange Lutheran, and he had a start against UKaipa, two very formidable offenses that are deep one through nine. And in those two outings, he went 10 innings, gave up 11 hits, worked through six up a 12 and – um, he won that second game for them against Yukaipa throwing really well. And to me, it's just he, the steady, steady improvements he's continued to make where at our pro case last year, he showed well, but the, he, he was still kind of a raw mover, didn't seem to know exactly how he, he, he wanted his delivery to look like. But now it just seems like it's all come together in a way more controlled, easy manner where he moves so well down the mound and, the velo has climbed because of that. And, you know, at, at our pro case last year, he was kind of 88-90, and now in the early innings of most of his starts now, he's living in the low 90s, topping 92. And the secondaries are, you know, from a shape standpoint, a movement standpoint, super legit. The slider is a sweeper. He has a split that he mixes in that is a tumbler and gets, gets under barrels really well and produces swing and miss. So, you no, know, I'm super excited to see you know what he does in his college career, because like you said, I think he's just going to join, go into the Ivy League, and just dominate those bats. And it's not like, it's all we're talking about an underrated arm from a, you know, from a size standpoint, he's 6'4", 200, I mean, he has that starter's build that's you know super projectable and 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 you love to see. So no, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of numbers he puts up this year, and maybe you never you never know. Maybe you know the way he's been up trending, something could happen, but. You know, Columbia is obviously a a great place to
0: be. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy who you talked about shape there with the secondary, uh, one of our last pitchers here uh, on the list is Andrew Parker out of Foothill, a guy we've loved for a long time. I took in that CG shutout against Harvard Westlake, um, and it was as impressive as I've seen him uh, ever. Uh, He was pumped up. He was animated. He was fired up. Uh, He was up to 88, but Joey, that changeup is, and and I've said this to anybody that'll listen, it's the best changeup I've seen from a high schooler, I think, ever, uh, certainly in the last five to seven years, for
1: sure. Yeah, I mean, he had, this was the first time I ever saw him was in our tournament last year, which was cool to see. He threw, you know, it was a CG shutout against um, Capo Capo Valley last year. And then he goes in again and throws another CG shutout against, uh, you know, a top five team in the state at Harvard-Westlake who has, you know, opponent, opponent lineup one through nine. And he he's, it's, you know, we, we mentioned it um, before with a couple of our arms and it's a consistent theme where, you know, if you have legit feel for three pitches, they can throw for strikes at any time, like you'll be a really good high school pitcher. But it's not just that. And it's like you said, the changeup is a plus pitch already. The, the, the way he commands it, the way it moves, it just falls off the table. It's almost like a, I'm not sure if like it's the same way to you but it's almost like a lefty slider the way how much it fades downward to to the right-handed hitters it's it's crazy it's a crazy amount of movement and, and the curveballs you know an average to a, you know average plus pitch as well they can flip over for a strike at any time and it's the way he moves down the mound you know he's not a big you know 6-4 guy he's 5 185 and he really maximizes you know his entire build with his delivery so just a you know a steal for C-Sun who's going to go you know, onto campus and, and be a starter and throw a bunch of innings for them and be a guy.
0: Yeah, and he's he's pretty darn athletic, man. He's strong as bull, man. And and he's playing short for them when he's not pitching. uh He's bats third in the lineup. Uh, I mean, he's a he's just a really, really good baseball player. And speaking of, of baseball players, just to touch on some guys that that didn't make the all tournament team uh from some of these other teams. You know, we touched on Luke Sure a little bit out of Yucaipa. Um you know had the big homer uh went off the fence um the catch and throw was much improved um quickly what do you got on luke sure
1: yeah i mean like legit bat speed and power that he, he was able to show off i mean that that ball i got that ball hit off the top of the yellow <laughs> in the in his <laughs> final game where it was a line drive it was a liner screaming liner that that wouldn't have gone probably over 20, 30 feet in the air. It was ridiculous. And, you know, that's the thing with him. I mean, it's this loud power hit tool where um, he's seen quite the helium the last couple weeks and months. And, you know, Yucaiba plays a really good schedule. So, you know, he can play himself. He, he played himself into some, you know, considerable draft conversations these last few few weeks. And to highlight a couple other guys on Yucaiba real quick, Josh Schicke and Noah Reimer, Reimer both had really solid outings for as well.
0: Yeah, Reimers was was really good. Uh, over to Loyola, um, you know, we, we didn't see what we thought we might see out of Magpac, but he was still really good uh, defensively. Um, offensively, you know, he, he scuffled a bit. But Walter Urban, the USC commit out of Loyola, was, was really good for me, Joey, and, and the couple times I saw them.
1: Yeah, he, he seemed to be the guy that stood out the most offensively. That was my first look at, you know, Urban and it's a really easy swing, compact, simple trigger. Barrel just goes right right off the bat. Simple, It's kind of simple. The, the way how simple it is provides a lot of the consistency that it showed in the tournament. And a um, w- quick highlight of um, Alex Cohen. He, he got the big time save and they're, they're only winning the tournament. And you can see how much they wanted it. And he's just an uncommitted arm that I've been to a couple of our you know, showcase events in the fall. So just want to quick highlight him. He's, he's one of the you know better uncommitted arms out there. It sure it is.
0: Yep, I totally agree with that. Then over at El Dorado, uh, Garvey Rummery had a, a really good tournament offensively and on the mound. Uh, it looked really sharp for me in the in the two times I saw him on the bump. Uh, up to 88, uh, really good changeup in breaking ball. A.J. Frausto had a good tournament. Cadena uh, had a decent tournament for them as well. Uh, but Abner, the freshman, is going to be a guy to watch over at El Dorado, Joey.
1: For sure. And, you know, a couple of guys for me that, you know, I saw in the couple games I took in, Landon Homervale was, you know, kind of a surprise standout. I think you saw him, too, in their second game. Out of Norco. Um, out of Norco. Out of Norco. Yep. You know, left-handed pitch, 26 freshman who got two big-time night game starts, which is, you know, you rarely see, you know, a coach throwing a freshman like that under the lights like that against two really quality teams. And, you know, he pitched really well. Grant Gray is another guy for, for Norco. Obviously, he has some draft helium of – of late. He didn't have a great, you know, turning from a, you know, number standpoint, but found a lot of barrels. And then, you know, t- two arms over at Ayala that I want to quickly highlight Jeremy Byers and Matthew York both pitched really well in the games that they had to throw. Obviously they had, they had two transfers co- go out of there that were probably going to be their one and two and um, Daniel Camus and, and Vinny Hudson. So they've had, they had to step up this tournament for them and they did and, and you know, got them to win. So, just want to quickly mention those two.
0: Joe, you touched on Homer Vale, the freshman over at Norco. I was uh, on that game against uh, Gar uh, in that quarterfinal game, and he made one mistake. He made one mistake. He hung a curveball to Kyle Panganaban, who bang- banged it into <laughs> left field for an RBI double, and that was the difference in the game. But that kid pitched – I mean, he was lights out against that Gar offense. I think he only gave up like three hits. I mean, that's a 26 name that uh, you're definitely going to want to know. And and Joey, um, I'll share this with you. There's potential for this preseason invitational moving to other sections across the state. Um, Other coaches have reached out about potentially doing this in other parts of the state as the staggered starts here in California would allow for that. So just be ready for that because that could be coming down the pipeline here.
1: No, for sure. I mean... I I was getting that same vibe from kids reaching out to me about when are we going to do something down in San Diego, when are we going to do something in Bakersfield whatever. But no, that's exciting to hear from you because you know, the SoCal talent runs very, very, very deep.
0: Absolutely. Joey. uh, Thanks a bunch, man, for hopping on and doing this. Uh, This was a, just an awesome breakdown of the 2023 PBR preseason invitational.
1: Awesome. Les. always a pleasure.
0: Big thanks to Joey Cohen for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to check out frontbaseballreport.com for all your news, rankings, and event information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.